Bush and Ritchie here with your Daily Takeaway podcast. One thing that we fail to do in the show that you're about to hear, and it is remiss of us, is to do a proper debrief on how our, our varying firework bonfire night things panned mm. out. So first of all, how did you get on on Saturday night? Uh, nice and dry. Went to the uh, the town round table one, which was good, good 20 minutes long, which I thought was a good length that is of, a good amount of time. Uh, fireworks display. Um, any fireworks display I've been to in my life, any fireworks display, and... It was applicable on Saturday night. I do feel they end load it. Okay. So I would, I think I would appreciate if there was a consistent level of firework across the display rather than a climax. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, you don't like a climax. You're against a climax there at the end. I quite like the bum, 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 bum. I would prefer consistency rather than a climax. You like to know where you, where you stand on that yes. kind of thing. But, I mean, you know one thing I, I think about quite a lot? I, mean, I went to the Alexandra Palace fireworks with my, my eldest daughter, Erin, and her friend on uh, Friday. Again, I was surplus to requirements, didn't want anything to do with me. But that's just how it is. They're teenagers. Um... <laughs> I, I, whenever I was stood there, the fireworks were brilliant. It was about half an hour. It was longer than I thought it was going to be. Good. The music was really good as Yours well. Yours lasted like, longer than mine did. It's, it's, oh, it's certainly well, that was the case. Yes. I'm not going to go there. Um, but do you remember that, that, uh, that famous bit of footage of, I think it was a German town that had their fireworks display and there was, there was a mess up with the computer <laughs> and it set off all their fireworks in one go? Yes. Now, a lot of people consider that to be a disaster, but... People are in there, done and dusted, five, six minutes, back out again. Good point. You see all the fireworks you're going to see. You know, I, I just wonder whether if there's any, like, English towns or villages listening to this uh, who are planning for next year, why not try that whole German method? It's a better way of doing it. Interesting idea, very interesting idea. Um, there is one um, other thing that I should tell you about the one I went to on uh, Saturday night. Um, there was a house near, right, well, right by where the town display was. Yeah. That went with a rival display. Uh, so, seven o'clock was when the round table display was due to start. At five to seven, a house that was backing onto the field yeah. starts setting off this massive <laughs> display and everyone's turned in the opposite direction of where all the organised fireworks were going to go off. And I kind of thought, that's that's really, that's that, you know, that, that really is sort of like, you know, quite combative, isn't it? To, well, it's almost like they've obviously had a bit of trouble with the council. They want to show them who's boss. Yes. So, I like that. Well, listen, if you've got any uh, after-the-fact <laughs> fireworks stories you'd like to share with the group here on Home Time, drop us an email, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Here's a question to fire things off with, though. What have you got too many of in your house? In my house for a long while now, it's been mugs. Whenever I'm <sighs> emptying the dishwasher in the morning and putting the coffee, tea mugs away from the day before, it's like a game of Jenga, trying to put them in the cupboard without them toppling back over, without opening the cupboard door and then it being a waterfall of mugs. So over the weekend, I put my foot down and said, right, we're going to have a mug audit. All the mugs... Mug audit at the weekend. Mug audit. Oh, it was a great weekend, it really was. Should tell you some of the other things we got up to. But... All the mugs came out of the cupboard. Right. All of them on the side in the kitchen, and I counted them. So bear in mind, there's only two adults in the house for most of the time. Two adults, 25 mugs. It's outrageous. That's, Absolutely outrageous. That's a catering amount of mugs, isn't it? it? Certainly is. So I said, right, we've got to clear some of these out. Cut a long story short, how many mugs do you think went at the end of the mug audit? Well, I mean, you've got to be, I'd, you probably need to cut that by, by, by half, I'd say. I can't do that in my head, but I'm going to say, say 12. Had to go. Two went. Wow, that's not very good. It's not a, a, like a clear out, is now, it? Now, if it was me in charge, so many would have gone, but, oh, no, that one can't go, and I got you that one, or, oh, no, that one can't go. <laughs> no, because Rocker got me that one. Oh, no, that one can't go, because only two went. 
So we've now got 23 mugs for it's, two adults. It's amazing what you do to avoid that Arsenal game, isn't it? <laughs> Only joking. Don't it's get a low me blow. It's a low blow. <laughs> I mean, like, in our house, I mean, I live with four women, and uh, the thing that we've got too many of are bobby pins. What bobby pins? Is that the name of them? You know, little those little brown hair clips that um, that girls have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got them absolutely everywhere. The things that spies open doors with in movies. <laughs> That's it. Now I know what you mean. Yes. I don't even know what they do. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not yeah. even aware if any of the kids wear them really, and <laughs> I don't know if Katie uses them. What, what do girls do with those things? <laughs> but they're absolutely everywhere. I'm treading on them. You find them down the back of the couch. We've got hundreds of the damn things. Tom would like to put forward his collection of bags for life and has actually uh, sent us a picture. It's an entire kitchen cupboard, uh, half of which is one of those big sort of plastic Tupperware things that's full of uh, the, the disposable bags for life. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the other side is all the big sort of like brown... There, there must be about 30 bags for life in there. What I don't like is when people have got... Um, you know, they've got like a, a bag that they keep in the airing cupboard which has got like an animal's head on it yeah. that you then put bags for life in. It's like some kind of bag for life. <laughs> creature. Don't like that. Uh, this message says, as the kids, we've got four, enjoy gaming, we have a lot of TVs. Ooh. Obviously, TVs for watching films as well, and TVs for just watching TV, so we have 11 televisions in the house. I'm pretty sure I could take four away that aren't really needed. It's like Rumbelows. <laughs> one for the kids. For the kids. Rumbelows. If someone can beat that, 11 tellies. Wow. That's crazy, that, isn't it? It's too many. Uh, I mentioned earlier on that there's loads of bobby pins in our house because I live with four girls. Uh, Adam says, and apologies if you're having your tea whilst this is reading this out, so just be warned. He says, we too have bobby pins all over the house. They're in fact perfect for hooking out earwax. Oh, it's disgusting. Which my wife does for me twice a week. Unfortunately, most of the bobby pins that are lying around our house have a little bit of wax at the end, much to the kids' disgust. Absolutely disgusting. Is that not the worst thing you've ever heard in your life? I may not sleep tonight. Doctor used to tell me nothing smaller than your elbow in your ear. It's not good for you. Nothing smaller than your elbow? What yeah. were you trying to... What did you go in for? <laughs> I hope that's not a general bit of advice for the body. Uh, Jill, what do you have too many of in your house? Balls of yarn. Balls of yarn? <laughs> of all the predicted answers that we might have got for that question, balls of yarn is not one I had down on my bingo card. Uh, Jill, I feel like you live in like a big episode of Bagpuss or a children's nursery rhyme. <laughs> oh, well, I love Bagpuss, but unfortunately I haven't crocheted in yet. But I've got the pattern. Okay, fair play. How that's many balls of yarn do you think you've got in your house then, <laughs> Jill? There's a question. <laughs> Approximately fifteen hundred. That's a lot of that's a lot of balls of yarn. It's a lot of balls. How come you've got that many fifteen hundred balls of yarn in your house? Well, I'm a crafter to start off with. I do crochet and knit, but I'm also a yarn hoarder. Yarn hoarder. Yarn hoarder. So, like you, do you? Does that mean you get a ball of yarn never with the intention to knit anything with it? Oh, well, you go shopping and you go, oh, that's pretty. If I take five, right, that'd be enough. Then you go back and think, mm, no. Another couple, at least. Yarn hoarder so. sounds like a Norwegian centre-forward <laughs> that you might buy in Football Manager. So you've, just got, you've got stuff there that you're never going to use. You're never going to use any of this thread, yarn. If I live 60 years, I'm never going to use all the yarn and craft stuff in my house. <laughs> She's out of control. She is out of control. kind of like it, though. Where'd you keep it all? Um, I've got... It's, it's got its own room now. That's <laughs> <laughs> so strange. Oh. Great to talk to you, Jill. Thank you, thanks. This is the Daily Takeaway. Takeaway. What about loads of pub glasses, says this. I used to be in a phase of my life where I would help myself to special ones from the pubs. I must have at least 100 glasses to drink from. That's, uh, that's a problem. 
It's, a, it's a, it, on Steely. many levels. On many Although levels. sometimes if you come down in the night and you're really thirsty, you can't beat having like a big pint, a dirty pint of squash in a Carlsberg glass that's been nicked from a local pub. <laughs> Is that what you have in the middle of the night? I, sometimes you have to have a bit of squash. Wow. Just how I live, guys. Uh, Chris is in Gillingham, says, uh, In February, I had a drawer full of spoons. The spoon-fork-knife ratio should be equal. However, we had 12 more spoons than we did knives and forks. I chucked the 12 spoons that did not match the knives and forks away. Turns out I chucked out the posh spoons <laughs> that we used for Christmas dinner that were never put away with the posh knives and forks. That's, that's not ended well, is it? <laughs> Joe, weirdly enough, my, my other half, Katie, has just done a bit of a spoon call. We, we had too many teaspoons. And now I can't find them. If ever I'm making tea or whatever, can't find them literally anywhere in the house. Another error. Is he, I don't know if he's still got those ones that he's chucked out. I'll add them into my collection. Uh, Maria in Telford says, my husband collects computers and has upwards of 40 personal computers, laptops and tablets. So many that we've made our garage into a man cave. It drives me nuts. Brilliant. Uh, right, Danny's hanging on. This should be good. What have you got too many of? <laughs> Goo pudding ramekin glass dishes. Wow. Now, I've, I've, I've developed quite a big addiction to this myself. I'll always buy goo if it's on offer anywhere. You do you can't just throw the glass ramekin out because you can no. use it for crafting and that, can't you? Exactly. They're, they're, they're handy, quotes. They're just in case. Um, you, you never know. If I ever make a um, chocolate brownie melt in the middle, I will use them. But I won't because I buy goo pudding chocolate melt in the middle. So, yes, I have a plethora of them. Next to the Charlie Bigham's dishes that you have the pies in as well. You're joking me. You don't keep them, do you? I mean, I love a Charlie Bigham's macaroni cheese. It's one of the finest meals you can buy. However, I'd never have considered keeping their punnet. Uh, Well, not the wooden one. No, the the, the, the little ramekin dishes, the little glass. Well, they're not glass. They're like little pottery ramekin dishes that you get the pies in. Again, really handy. God knows what for. If you're enjoying this, but do check there. out Absolute Radio Fish Pie, a brand new uh, digital <laughs> station I do. But do you, do you ever use... Because I, I, th- I keep the ramekins thinking, right, I'm going to store stuff in them, whether it's like seeds, yes. if you're cooking or whatever. I never do anything yes. with them at all. Absolutely nothing. They sit under the cupboard for a rainy day and the rainy day never comes. Never use them. Danny, can we, put a, f- can we put a figure on it? I think I've... What? At least 20. At least. That's a lot. That's a lot. Piled on top of each other. Waiting to fall over. Do you know what? You can get like a drawer or a cupboard back and you won't know yourself if you just got rid of them. Says the man who got rid of two mugs out of 25. (laughs) Over there. (laughs) I see your 25 mugs and I raise you 20 ramekin dishes all precariously perched as well. (laughs) The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. Quite a few people texting to say Pringles lids fit goo pots. They're more useful with I, lids. I have heard that. That is, you know, you can add the Pringles to yeah. the stuff that you hoard and don't use there as well. There you go. Make you feel even worse about the fact you're not using the ramekins properly. <laughs> uh, look, we've got good news on the way on this show just after six tonight. Only good news, only positive stories from you because there's so much kind of misery going on in the world at the moment. So just to kind of change things up a little bit, uh, David's just messaged to say, guys, I work for the Essex Adult Mental Health and Wellbeing Team and we won Team of the Year at the National Social Care Awards on Friday. Yes, David. What about that? And we're all wearing fleeces. We are. Because the air conditioning in this room is like Hal from 2001 <laughs> A Space Odyssey and we can't stop it from getting cold. We look like working Halfords, three of us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? About to go out and fit a bike rack. Absolutely unbelievable. But look, in other news, can I just say that um, an item of footwear made me ask myself a lot of questions earlier on today. And I'm going to explain. Uh, It was PE day today for our five-year-old Thea. uh, And she's got a pair of very cool black high-top kind of trainers with Velcro over the top. Very, very dapper that she wears for her PE day, God bless her. And as I was getting her shoes on this morning, I was thinking to myself... 
that's weird. What about them iconic PE footwear that we used to have back when we were kids? And I was talking about this in the Indie Disco, bizarrely enough, on Saturday night on Absolute Radio. I'm talking about the iconic black rubber daps, as we used to call them. You know, remember that all-black kind of ninja thing, rubber stretchy bit over the top? Do you remember those when you were kids? I do, but I didn't call them that. Well, I used, we used to call them daps. No. What did you call them? Plimsolls. Well, it's really bizarre, because my other half, Katie, from Northumberland, calls them sand shoes. What? So weird, isn't it? But look, so, but the weird thing was, right, in the 80s, and I presume the same for the 70s, no, no one came into school with, like, everyone had different kind of PE shoes. Everybody had the black daps. Yeah. Or the plimsolls. So there's a few questions that have, have come about today that, you know, the, the hometown audience are learned. They're going to be able to answer these kind of questions. First of all, whatever happened to them? Like, <laughs> do kids even wear them now? Because obviously no one in Thea's school's got them, so maybe they're just not a thing anymore. Secondly, as you just raised very, very pertinently, what do you call them? Where you are, has it got a different name? So far, Plimsolls, Daps, Sand Shoes. Thirdly, and here's the real interesting thing that I would like to explore further in this hour of the show tonight, is they should definitely have a comeback. Imagine if they were to make a real comeback, these things. Would you wear them around the house? Because from my own perspective, I've never really got on with slippers because a lot of the times you have to go out and put the bins out and then you stood out there in some, you know, your wet smoccasins and it's not doing doing the thing. Whereas if you were to wear these bad boys around the house, I mean, you could wear them anywhere. They're just comfort, but you could throw them away if if they got like a rip in them or they got dirty. Mm. It could be the future of footwear. A lot of questions here. Uh, I've got thoughts. Um, First off, what happened to them? I've got a feeling they were related to parquet floors. How do you mean? Well, if you think about it, when we did PE at school, certainly primary school, you'd generally be going in the school hall and it would always be a parquet flooring. And the caretaker used to really care about the parquet floor. Yeah. You'd have to change into those shoes as well for assembly when you went in and sung hymns. And, like, it was parquet flooring. <laughs> I think it was the caretaker maintaining the parquet flooring. And because schools don't have parquet flooring anymore, I reckon that's where those plimsolls are gone. So you reckon that's why they're gone? Yes. That's a good one. This could be it. I mean, I've not seen them anywhere for years and years and years. I only just got thinking about them this morning putting Thea's shoes on and also what did you used to call them when you were a kid uh, Dave says plimmies Rowley says they're called penny blacks a lot of people saying penny blacks I've heard that uh, Chris says pumps got to hear of their demise I can feel a revolution coming on I agree with that Chris and listen to this uh, my granddad from Glasgow called them sand shoes or sarnies and used to scare us with stories about a bloke who used to creep about Glasgow at night called sand shoe Harry <laughs> says, a bit like a Scottish candy man a lot of people saying daps uh, Carl has tweeted to to say the black PE shoes were called plimsolls, uh, where I came from in Dorset. Daps is a Somerset slash Bristol thing. That's interesting because obviously your neck of the woods. West Country and that. Standing for Dunlop Athletic Plimsoll as they were made in Bristol. That's mad if that's the case. Yeah. But I mean, I've said Daps all my life, but then I'd never really known why they're called that. Uh, Rich and Ruth and Beverly say, Bush and Richie, we are here in the East Riding. We call them sand shoes or sarnies. They're alive and well. Prisoners in police custody get them when under investigation their footwear is taken for evidence. Wow. So get yourself arrested and get a free pair. <laughs> we'll see what happens. The night is young. Uh, we've got Martin on the line. Martin, tell us your intel about these iconic shoes then. Um, basically, when I was over in the, the army, yep. what you'd have to do is you would have to carry PE kit to sleep in when you go on exercise. So what I would do is I would have the plimsolls. So because they were rounded, they wouldn't catch on the inside of a sleeping bag. So that it won't tear. So you were sleeping in daps, plimsolls. What, like, yeah. I, I don't want to get into too much detail here. Was it just like plimsolls and pants? <laughs> well, shorts, but yeah, okay. I mean, you, you would do what they call uh, wet and dry drill. So you, when you got into your sleeping bag, 
you would put your clean stuff on, and then when you went out and did ops or you were stagging on, you had to change back into all your wet and horrible copy gear. So wow. is, the, is, the, is the thinking behind wearing your plimsolls in your sleeping bag that if you're suddenly, like... Had to run away. Had to run away. <laughs> That's that not the attitude, though, is it? Well, no, it's called bugging out, because if you're attacked in the middle of the night, you don't know what the hell's happening, so you bug out, regroup, Go back and tear their face off. Okay, oh, that's right. cool. That's okay. interesting, isn't it? Um, I mean, you think British Army, one of the greatest military traditions in the world, and then yes. they're, they're sneaking around in daps. <laughs> no, well, I was. Everybody else wore sort of their um, lace-up trainers and wondered why the inside of their seating bags got torn up. All right, so he's the man in the know. <laughs> he is. There you go. Next time Richie and I on night ops, we'll wear our daps. Works a treat. Uh, Neil in Honiston says, uh, we called them pumps, and you can still get them. My son is doing an apprenticeship as a sparky, and his boss supplies them to all the employees, so when you go into a customer's house, you can have clean shoes on. Well, 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 that's good, isn't it? Who'd have thought that sparkies would now be wearing them, but no kids <laughs> would? Keep them coming in. Uh, now, the Dayberry Breakfast Show have narrowed down the strap lines uh, for the sources that are being created. Uh, Dave and Matt's going head-to-head. Uh, Dave's got a barbecue sauce of 28 ingredients. Matt's a green hot sauce that honours the legendary Nottingham Forest manager, Brian Clough. So Dave's Fountain of Youth sauce is called uh, the youth, the whole youth and nothing but the youth. Wow. Uh, Versus Dyson's Clough sauce, which has the strap line, it's not the best sauce in the business, but it's in the top one. I like it. That's my Cluffy, by the way. That's a very good Cluffy. Uh, Which has not been ratified by Matt Dyson. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's daily takeaway. Owen says, uh, where I was from, they're called daps. I remember standing on a stone whilst running across a playground. I went down like I was shot. Uh, with my current weight to shoe size ratio, it'd be like having a nail hammered into my soul. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, another name to chuck in the mix here. Uh, we used to call them screechers because that's what they sound like on the floors. That's, that's going back to your uh, parquet flooring <laughs> thing, isn't it? I, I reckon I'm onto something with the parquet and the caretakers. Caretakers uh, go absolutely mad with that, wouldn't they? They do. Uh, Penny, uh, you got some. Uh, PE shoe intel for us? I have, yeah. So um, they sold them in Asda in Gloucester. And then um, so I bought them for my um, daughter who's just started reception because we always wore them because I'm an 80s child as well. Um, and I thought they'd be really cool, but my son, who's in year five, basically told me off and said, stop being so cruel. Um, she's going to get bullied, so let her wear her trainers. So I have. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, we were wondering why the kids still wear them anymore because I don't see them at all at my, at my middle daughter's school. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're not a thing anymore. But you've tried to bring them back, and then kids now saying yeah. they're, you're ashamed. I'm ashamed, yeah. Yeah. So I was a not cool mum. Do you know what? Wow. If they if they stuck some kind of logo on the side of them, though, they'd be really cool. TikTok, a symbol for TikTok or something. Exactly, exactly. Like croc things. You know, you can get those um, things in your crocs, put them on your daps. Seems like you're a repeat offender with this kind of stuff, Penny. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your intel, trying to get to the bottom of whatever happened to those iconic... 80s ninja shoes used to wear for PE. Sarah says, I'm from Manchester. We call them pumps. They're still around. My daughter left primary in July and she had them for PE up to year three. You can get posh ones now that even light up, which is amazing. Uh, Sarah says, I was in a school this morning which uh, had bought a job lot of plimsolls to make kids wear who came in with against-the-rule trainers on, so they're being used for shaming. Brilliant. Uh, But the big news of the past couple of minutes is that our producer, Adem, has ordered Rich and I a pair of what we're going to call studio pumps. (laughs) Just to see if we can wear them in a day-to-day work environment. And we don't even have a parquet floor. We've got no parquet flooring, so watch this space. They're going to arrive at some point this week, and we're beyond excited. The Daily Takeaway. 
Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. There's plenty of bad news out and about at the moment. Uh, so let's find the good news, accentuate the positive, get in touch. What is your good news? It can be anything. And we will share it with everybody this evening. OK, well, let's start as we mean to go on and speak to the brilliant Dave, who's had to uh, turn things around a little bit. Dave, tell us what's been going on with you. Well, uh, after suffering or being diagnosed with complex PTSD a couple of years ago, part of the recovery and part of the, the rehabilitation is um, finding the balance between physical and mental well-being uh, and not, not being mo- the most fit of person uh, over the years, I decided to get a bike and just try that out and I've fallen in love with it ever since. And so I've decided to challenge myself and sign up for a, a ridiculously long cycle ride, which is uh, 262 kilometres. Whoa! One day, yeah, from York to Lincoln and then back to York in one day. So uh, it's going to be quite a challenge. That's uh, a good one, that. Yeah, the, yeah, the training starts now. Dave, right. how's your backside? Because, I mean, wow, that's <laughs> going to be sore the next day. Uh, I, I've, I'm already planning on doing handstands in the shower, to be honest with you, to uh, alleviate the pain. So, yeah. <laughs> I've not tried that one before. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, we did a thing with my with my mates where we did one coast of Devon to the other coast of Devon. We, we did it over two days on our bikes, and it was brilliant. But I, I kind of dismissed what people were saying about wear and get padded shorts. It really does make a difference, doesn't it? Because we were walking like John Wayne at the end of that. It does. And, um, you know, if there's one piece of advice that, that anybody can give you, it is invest in a good pair of shorts because um, otherwise the pain is unbearable for days after, as you can probably say. So Gooch. Well, good for you for entering that, Dave. Uh, is that something that's like next summer? Because you, you're going to need maximum daylight for, for, for that to get done in a day, surely? Yeah, it's uh, 15th of June and uh, the start time is 6am. So it'll be a ridiculously uh, early uh, get-up prior to that. So, uh, yeah, I've got a good sort of eight months to train, plenty of hill work, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Good lad, and you can, you can sense, I can sense from your voice it's making you feel better already, just the idea of planning ahead towards this. Exactly, yeah, and it, it gives you something to strive for, and it, it gives you um, a, a good bit of focus for you to put your attention to, and it clears your head, um, and it's nice to get out in the fresh air. It'll, it does your body and your mind good. And uh, you know, although it's daunting, I'm really looking forward to it and I'm, I'm going to intend on throwing everything into it. Good for you. It's the only way. Well done for entering and enjoy the training, Dave. Well done, Lance Armstrong. Speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. All the best. And Paul says, I had to go to hospital recently and got a taxi. When my mate found out, I hadn't asked him for a lift. He went crazy. He then took my wife to see me and brought her home and also collected me when I was discharged. A big shout-out to Ray Madden from Wallasey. Love that. Lovely. How about this from Emma? I won £100 on a scratch card that my ex bought me for my birthday three weeks ago. £100 and I'm rid of him. Only good news, boys. That is a developing story right here on Home Time. And hi to the Halfway Lion on Twitter. He says, not only did I have to put a pound in the shopping trolley this morning, when I finished the shop and went to put the trolley back, the one at the back of the trolley chain had still got a pound in it. It's the small wins that make the day. Joanne, tell us your good news. Uh, My son came back from uni for the weekend. I remember those university visits back home for the weekend uh, very, very fondly, sometimes stereotypically with washing, but food for me was the fixture. I used to go and stand and just open the fridge and look at, like, a pate. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, fresh orange juice. What's the name of your lad? What uni is he at, Joanne? Uh, His name's James, and he's in his second year at Swansea Uni. Oh, brilliant. I went to Swansea Uni. Love the place. Fantastic. Is he having having a good time? He loves it, although he can't get over the fact they wear shorts all year round. <laughs> what, in Swansea? Yeah, it, even in January, they're all in shorts. It's like a, it's like a town or city of just posties wow. walking around. Amazing. What uh, subject is he doing? Uh, he's doing geography. 
Fair play. And uh, on the return for the weekend, then, um, what did you do food-wise for James? Because that, that's what I remember. Well, he had um, three roast dinners. He came back on the Friday <laughs> and went to the annual cricket club dinner for roast beef. Brilliant. Uh, Saturday, he saw his dad and had roast lamb. And then Sunday, he came to my house with my parents and my daughter, and I served up roast beef and goo puddings. Amazing. Oh, what a dream. Wow. The man is an inspiration to us all, and what a great start in his life ahead here as being being an adult, and etc. It's funny that he's gone... What's he gone? He's gone beef, lamb beef. Yeah. I'd have gone, I, yeah. I thought you might have finished with the, the flurry of the chicken at the end there. Well, I didn't think a chicken would serve six hungry people, so I had to... Point. I thought beef is a better, better thing to go for. If you're gonna, this is just a, a question for our listeners. If you're gonna go for a trio of roasts, what would you go for? I'm going pork. I'm going uh, duck. Whoa! And I'm going. Uh, I'm going chicken. Pork, duck, chicken. What about that? Have a little think yourselves. Eight, twelve, fifteen. Uh, lovely to speak to you and uh, pass on our best to your lads. Great. Thanks so much. Good to speak to you both. Keep your good news coming. Hometime at AbsoluteRadio.co.uk. Debbie says, we thought our seven-year-old cat was on her last legs. We took her to the vet and braced ourselves for the worst news. She's not been very well for about four weeks. After discussions with my partner about if we should put her to sleep if needed, the vet told us on Friday that Mittens just doesn't like fancy food. Three days back on the regular supermarket stuff and she's bouncing off the walls and bringing mice into the kitchen again. Double good news, (laughs) the mouse survived. (laughs) That's great news. Love that. Well done, Debbie. Further good news. Every day this week on the Dave Berry Breakfast Show, you could win £1,000. Thanks to Disney Plus. They've got non-stop new content from new seasons to new shows to new movies like Haunted Mansion, A Murder at the End of the World, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and loads more. Win all this week on the Dave Barry Breakfast Show with Disney Plus. Tony, tell us your good news. Hi guys, my good news is that I've been picked to represent Great Britain in the snooker event at the World Ability Games in Thailand in December. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So, tell us more about it. Well, there's 15 various sports. It's made up of disabilities, uh, mainly physical disabilities. So, players in the wheelchairs or standing up. There's a um, team going at eight from Great Britain and there's loads of people from all over the world. So, you are, you are one of the greatest wheelchair snooker players this country has. I mean, well, is, is, that, is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, I'm actually world ranked number one at the minute. See, yeah, look at that. What about that? Yeah. If you, wow. If you're really good at snooker, yeah, do you do you name your cue? You know, like, I've been watching Game of Thrones no. and they, they name their swords. No? No, I'm not quite that sad. <laughs> Fair play. Fair play. <laughs> yeah, Amazing. World, Dis- World Disability Billiards and Snooker. So the website is wdbs.info and they're run by the same people who run the professional game. Amazing. So you would you would urge people listening to this maybe who, who do have a disability and feel like they're, they're, they can't get involved with stuff like this. Uh, there's, there's a huge you know platform for you guys to be well, able to yes, compete. We, uh, yeah, there is. We're running about seven, eight events a year now. And we've been over in Ireland this year. We've been to Belgium. You are living the dream. Is he ever? He is living the yeah. dream, this fella. Yeah, you are indeed. And then some, well, listen, we'll chuff for you. That's a fantastic bit of, uh, of good news. And bring back a trophy for us. This is the Daily Takeaway. There you go. There's the show. Uh, like I said, just to reiterate, we, we were doing some after-the-fact firework debriefs from uh, the whole uh, bonfire night weekend, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. You know, one other thing I had whilst I was waiting for my, my eldest daughter and her friend to go on in this awful fairground ride that was about 100 miles in the air, <laughs> I just literally went and got myself a drink. I had a bit of mulled wine. I know oh. we're getting into the festive period. How good is mulled wine? I mulled feel like wine. I, I would take a like a hip flask of mulled wine around with me. 
You know what I mean? It's that good. Why can you not buy... Well, we talk about this on so many different things. Why can you not buy mulled wine other times of the year? It, it should be all year round. And also, let's have it in the pubs. Love it. I'd have that in a pub. 